less than a week away. Can you believe it? And yes, the partying has begun. It's been a busy week of partying and I've loved it. (laughs) And what I love most about Christmas is that we are celebrating Jesus. We're celebrating the King of Kings and not just us who love Jesus and follow Jesus, but even people who don't believe in Jesus and don't even realise this is what they're doing, they are celebrating Jesus. And I love it. And they feel there is a spirit around Christmas. There is a spirit of being merry, of catching up with people, of love, of joy. And that is what we need. And that is what Christmas is. It's celebrating the birth of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Even as we go through shopping centres and hear the carols playing, I I sometimes get teary in the shopping because I'm hearing the good news being preached to everybody in the shops and I'm just believing that the word of God, when it goes out, it doesn't return void. That even though people might just be hearing this in the background, it's going to enter their hearts and I'm believing that. So throughout this series, we've been asking the question a lot, is Jesus your King of Kings? And does he rule your life? Have you given those areas that you find hard to give up control of, have you actually given them over to God? Knowing that he loves you and he knows what is best for you. Uh, Today I want to ask a slightly different question. I want to ask, how do you know that he really is your King of Kings? your personal King of Kings, how do you know? And I'm going to answer that question too. (laughs) So we're going to turn to our Bibles because that's where the answers lie. And we're going to turn to Galatians chapter 5. So Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This is how we know that Jesus is the King of Kings in our life. Okay, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So these are the attributes you can expect to see in your life if Jesus is your King of Kings. This is what we should be displaying to the world because the world is displaying fear, not peace, not joy, not love. But God has really placed on my heart a message for this morning and that is a message of love, joy and peace. So we don't exactly have time to go through all nine of these attributes here, but I really felt God press on my heart to talk about love, joy and peace because it is our job to spread love, joy and peace. And as as this whole morning has been going, the songs that we're singing and the um, scriptures that have been brought already just really confirmed in my spirit that this is God's word to us today. Because that's, honestly, the theme has been going from the beginning. I'm like, oh, everyone's stealing my work. (laughs) I really loved it. Um, I work near Rundle Mall, so I walk down Rundle Mall a lot. 
in my lunch breaks and spend too much money in my lunch breaks. But um, I loved it. A few years ago, they had these big letters, big red bold letters, like bigger than me. And um, one said joy, one said love, and one said peace. And they had all Christmas trees around it. And that was the, the Rundle Mall's decorations of Christmas for that year. And it just brought so much joy to me going through the mall seeing, wow, the good news is being preached in Rundle Mall. Everybody is passing these words. The message of Christ Jesus is right here for all to see. So what I want to ask you today is, am I feeling and displaying love, joy and peace in my life? So the first one we're going to look at is love. And I'm going to bring scripture John 13.35. I've got quite a lot of scriptures today. I'm challenging the tech team to see if they can keep on top of it all. Sorry, guys. But John 13.35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We know that Jesus is our King of Kings if we love one another. Not only will we know this, but people who don't know Jesus will be able to tell us apart because of our love for one another. That's what this scripture is saying. And I find it really interesting that Satan is trying to attack these attributes of Christians. Satan is trying to portray Christians as unloving, as hateful, as bigoted, and that when it couldn't be further from the truth. Satan is clever like that. He doesn't want the world to recognize our love for each other and is being deceitful and we need to fight against it. And the way to fight against it is to show love, to not judge people but to love them where they're at and for who they are and to love each other. The world will tell you at the moment, and this is one of those lies of the devil, is that if I disagree with you, I hate you. If I disagree with you, we can't be friends. That is not true. We are all individual people we all will disagree on different matters. We all have our own thoughts and feelings and opinions and we are all on our own journey in Christ in those areas. And we don't hate or despise anyone for thinking differently. At least we shouldn't. We need to show love. And that's what the love of God is like because he doesn't just love us if we agree with everything he says and does. He loves us no matter what. So our next scripture is 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8. It's a famous one. I'm going with a lot of the famous scriptures today. Um, and this describes to us what the love of God actually looks like. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, 
always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. That's the love I want to show to people. I mean, it's a pretty hard task. <laughs> it's, it's not easy, and I'm not going to say that it is. But when Jesus is your King of Kings, people will start to see those things about you and that you love them. None of us are perfect. We will fail at some of these sometimes. So I don't want to set the bar higher than what people can achieve, especially for myself. But, <laughs> but we should expect to see these things in our life and we should be growing in them and we should be trying to grow in them actively trying to love people more and to show more kindness and gentleness and humbleness. And a good way to see where you're at with those attributes is to change that word love for your own name. You, you might have heard of doing this before, but it'd be like, Sharona is patient. Reasonably, yeah. Sharona is kind. Most of the time, yeah. Sharona does not envy yeah, pretty good. Sharona does not boast. Hmm. <laughs> yikes. Yeah, there's things where you'll, you, you'll all have your own yikes word in there and maybe more than one, as I probably do too. But, um, but that's how we know. That's where we need to work on. And if we want to show people the love of God, this is how we do it, by being patient, by being kind, being gentle. And at the moment, we're not seeing a lot of that that in the world. People are not being patient with each other when they have a difference of opinion. They're not being kind or humble about it. But we're going to spread the love of God. We're going to show people what it can really be like. <laughs> I was really, really encouraged at the beginning of this year because sometimes you can be sharing the love of God with people for a long time and yet not feel like it's changed anything. And I was blown away at the beginning of this year with someone that I was friends with a long time ago. I used to sit next to her at work and I had a real heart for her. We clicked really well. We became good friends. Um, but I felt that God had put her next to me for a reason. And she had gone through some extremely difficult things, horrendous things that I won't go into. Um, but she shared those with me and I prayed for her. And um, but she suffered major anxiety and post-traumatic post stress disorder because of the things that she had been through. And she didn't come to work very often because of the difficulties she was having. And eventually she just stopped coming altogether. And I would message her and I'd try and organise to catch up with her. And she would love, she, I, she genuinely wanted to catch up with me, but then last minute she would get an anxiety attack or something and she'd say, no, I just can't do it. And we lost contact. And it had been about over 10 years had passed. And I suddenly started getting some messages from her. She found me on Facebook and started sending me some messages. And um, I'll read to you a bit of what she said. She said, you are the kindest and most honest person and have always meant a lot to me. And I always looked forward to seeing you. Without knowing it, you reminded me that there were good people in the world and not to lose hope in it. And she also shared with me that she'd become a Christian and that her life had turned around. 
and that she still had some struggles, especially because her family weren't accepting her belief, but she knew it was right and she was following God and she was in a good place. And that encouraged me more than you could ever know. I'm like, wow, it was a long time ago and I wondered if it had made a difference. But I put a lot of effort into it. Sometimes loving people can be an effort. Like, and, you know, always being kind can be hard. <laughs> but, um, and I'm not saying that to try and talk myself up or anything like that. I'm saying it to try and encourage you to be persistent. That the reward will come when we spread love, peace and joy. It will it does make a difference. It really does. And I even had a few people at work, this just came to me now, who there were some Christians on a reality TV show that were not portraying the love of God. And these people who I would have thought would have grabbed hold of that and said, oh, see, we told you, you Christians were this and this. Actually, these people at work came up to me and said, oh, you must be so upset with what they're saying. We know you would never be like that and, and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, we're showing people what the love of God actually looks like and they're able to see through those things. So if Jesus is the king of kings and he lives inside of us, his love is in us and we have that love for each other. All right, we're going to joy now. And I am really feeling very joyful today. <laughs> um, I'm going to have a bit of a Christmas scripture now. Luke 2, verses 10 and 11. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Good news of great joy. Isn't it, don't you feel so joyful when you hear about a child being born? It is good news. Well, this is so much better than that. This is not just any child. This is the saviour of the world. This is the king of kings. And he lives inside of us. That is good news. That is joy right there. And I came to this church for the first time when I was 15. And something that struck me when I first came in was the joy on people's faces, that people were happy and also that they were happy that I was there. And I, I had low self-esteem at the time and I used to put on a really happy front to everyone as a way to try and hide the fact that I really wasn't happy at all. And I don't think my acting skills were as good as I thought they were, but I thought I was doing a pretty good job of hiding it. But, um, but then on my second visit to church, I decided to um, become a Christian. I came down the front, I asked God to come into my life and things changed instantly. I had this weight come off my shoulders and I didn't really understand what it was the only thing I understood was, oh, I, I believed in God before, but now I know God. Now I know that it's true. And, um, and I went through my week and I was just actually genuinely happy. 
And I remember Pastor Sharon asking me on the Friday night afterwards at you, she's like, so how has your week been? What? Actually, it's been really good. I've been really happy. And, and not just fake happy, like real happy. <laughs> and, um, and that's the joy of God. That's the joy of salvation. Happiness and joy are actually quite different things. Happiness is dependent on your circumstances and the things that are around you. So happiness actually comes from the outside in. Whereas joy, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. Joy comes up from the inside of you because it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So even when we are going through really difficult times, we can still be joyful. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to feel other emotions as well. It doesn't mean we're not going to feel grieved or angered and any of those other emotions. But it means that we will come back to that joy if we bring it to God. Like the scripture says in Psalm 30, verses 4 to 5, it says, Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favour lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. So even, I know for myself, even when I'm going through a really hard situation, I'm like, okay, well, I'm feeling this now, but I know this is a season, this is a moment, and I know my God is good. And then, and then as I talk about those things, that joy comes back. You know that joy, joy is coming. You have hope. Hope is powerful. And so when Jesus is your king of kings, you know that he is with you through the good times and the bad times and that he brings you comfort and joy in all situations. So now we're going to move to that third one that God has placed on my heart for today, and that is peace. We definitely need some more peace in this world right now. And you know what? The church can lead the way in this, and that's what we've been called to do. I felt that strongly as I was worshipping. The Holy Spirit was on me, and I felt strongly that he was basically his message for us today is that our job is to spread Love, joy, and peace. That's what the world needs right now. That's what we are called to do. So Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. This is one of my favourite scriptures. I speak this scripture over my life if ever I'm feeling worried or anxious about anything. And it is, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, like the word peace doesn't sound powerful, but peace, the peace of God is powerful. It is so powerful. And I love how this scripture says it transcends all understanding. It is not possible to fully understand 
the peace of God. I also love that it says that it guards your heart and your mind because when you are feeling anxious and there is a lot of anxiety in the world and also in the church, a lot of people suffer with anxiety and it's debilitating, it's awful. But what anxiety does is it attacks our heart and our mind. It's a lot of people, when they're having an anxiety attack, they feel like they're having a heart attack. A lot of people go to the emergency room thinking they're having a heart attack and sometimes it's not. It's actually anxiety. They're feeling that anxious. And also it can play tricks on your mind, anxiety. It, help, it means you can't think clearly and you don't perceive things correctly when you're feeling that high state of anxiousness. But God says, there's always that, but God. God says, give your worries to me. Do not be anxious about anything, but give it to me and you will feel the peace of God, which transcends all understanding and it will guard your heart and your mind. So if you are someone who suffers with anxiety, you need to speak this scripture over your life and you need to believe it. You need to trust in it and give those worries to God. And that might be a process, okay? I'm not saying, I'm not trying to downplay any of these things, but I'm saying this is the answer. God is giving you the answer. It might be a bit challenging and confronting, but this is, this is what we all need to work on because we can all fall into that trap. But give it to God. Spend the time. This is what it takes. It takes actually spending time with God and then you feel that peace. I've had that peace of God come to me in some really difficult circumstances, like, that's the hardest times in my life. I've gone to God in prayer. I've gone for a walk and I've come back feeling that peace of God and thinking, well, the situation hasn't changed, but I have. And God's in control. God is sovereign. He is the King of Kings. He knows what's happening. None of this is a surprise to him and he is there. I've also found the peace of God to be a very powerful tool for me in when it comes to decision-making, in life decisions. Like, do you pray about those big decisions you need to take, like whether it's a job or a house or... And it can be smaller things than that as well because I find when I pray, God will either give me a peace about it and then I know I'm heading in the right direction or I'll feel this un- uneasiness and then I know, yeah, no, maybe that's actually not the way I should be going. The peace of God is powerful. It's a way the Holy Spirit talks to us. At least that's how it is in my life. Um, I'll be like, yep, okay. I haven't felt a specific yes or no from God, but I do feel peace. So let's do it. Or, yeah, I just can't quite feel right about this, I'm just uneasy, let's not do it. Or I even get that as a way of conviction, like if I've got a song playing on the radio and, you know, I love a good boppy tune, I like to sing to a good boppy tune, as I'm singing it, I'm like, 
whoo, the lyrics I didn't quite realise. And, and then you start feeling this uneasiness and you're like, you change the radio station, Sharona. <laughs> Put it back on life. <laughs> so if God is the king of kings of your life and knows what's best for you, then we should listen to him and obey his voice. And often that comes in the form of a peace or an uneasiness. And that's leading us where we should be going. So I'd like to bring your attention to one last scripture. All right, last one, tech guys. (laughs) John 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's the message today. Like there is so much turmoil, but take heart, Jesus has already overcome it. God is not surprised by what's happening. He knows. He loves us. He loves the world so much so that he sacrificed Jesus Christ. Jesus came as a baby all those years ago so that he could fulfill the will of God and that we could have relationship with God. The victory has been won. Jesus has already overcome the world. So throughout this series, we have asked many times, is Jesus your King of Kings? And today we've gone through some ways to know if he is the King of your life. And we also know from the scripture and also from those here who have been Christians for a long time that it is the best thing you could ever do deciding to become a Christian. I was 15 and I'm still here absolutely loving my life, knowing that I'm living for God. And I will never turn back. I will never turn back from him. He is the king of kings of my life. And I really want that for others too. It is our job to spread the love, joy and peace and hope that is Jesus Christ. And I want to share it with you today. So if everyone can just close your eyes for a moment, please, and bow your heads, because I want to give you a moment, everybody, a moment to just think, is Jesus the King of Kings in my life? Do I feel that love peace and joy in my life. And if you haven't accepted Jesus into your life, I want to give you the invitation to do that today. It is very simple. I did it when I was 15. It was simply saying a prayer, asking him to come into your life and basically saying sorry for the sins in your life, for the times that you have turned away and done things that is against God's will for you. So it's a simple prayer and I would love to lead you in that this morning. So if that's you and you want to accept Jesus today, I ask that you just put up your hand while no one's looking because I would love to pray with you and lead you in that. Okay, thank you. I see that hand. I would love to pray with you today. Would anyone else want to join this person in accepting Jesus today? Okay, well, while we've got our eyes closed and heads bowed, we're going to say a prayer and I want you to repeat after me. And this is the prayer to invite Jesus into your life. 
So whether you put your hand up or didn't and you want to accept him or perhaps you have done this before and you want to come back to him, we're all going to say this prayer together and all you need to do is mean it from your heart. So follow after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and my Saviour. I want you to be the King of Kings of my life. Amen.